0: Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your spiritual journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Well, good morning. That, that is what the kingdom of God is all about. That really is, as we've been in this series talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is, is just this. It's God's rule and reign in our hearts, and it's then spread to the whole world. And, and Jesus wants the kingdom of God to come to earth. He, he's not satisfied with it just being in heaven, and he teaches us to pray this way. He says, pray this way, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The reality is he gives us a prayer to pray that says heaven can come to earth. We can bring heaven to earth. And, and boy, doesn't the earth need a little bit of heaven? Doesn't the earth need a little bit of heaven? And you might say, well, I wonder why God just doesn't beam us up. Why, why even go through all this? Why, why not just beam us up to heaven? I mean, the earth is always going to be, it's corrupted here. There's sin, there's hurt, there's pain. There's, there are a lot of difficult moments. There's some good here too. There's a lot of great here. There's a lot of beauty, but it's like there's a, there's a lot of problems here. Why not just beam us all up? That's, it, it's as simple. You see, all of us have sinned. All of us have messed up. And Jesus is about reclaiming you and me from the scrap heap. Because that's where we're at. You see, because of our sin, we're on the scrap heap. And, and God wants to reclaim us. And so he's, he's patient. And a lot of people don't understand his patience. Why don't you solve this right now, God? Why don't you just fix this right now? Why don't you just pull all the weeds? Well, that was last week, right? We don't know what is a weed and what's a good seed. We can't tell the difference. Who's a follower of Jesus Christ and who's not? Like they look the same on the outside sometimes. You just really can't tell the difference. Did you know... It's a good thing God is slow in, 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 with his patience. It's a good thing God doesn't move at the speed you and I would to fix everything here on earth. Because guess what? Every one of us was a weed at one point. Every one of us was a weed at some point. Maybe some of us still are. We haven't yet allowed God to transform us into a good seed. And we haven't been changed by Jesus Christ. And, and, and God is the only one who really knows men's hearts. And he knows women's hearts. And he knows who's a weed and who's a good seed and he knows who's going to respond to him and who isn't and so you and i we're to live redemptive lives we're to live lives that say you know what i'm going to love people into the kingdom of god because god is about the business of changing people's lives and then working through them to change other people's lives that that's what the kingdom of god is all about and yet we live in a time that's, that's kind of like, I don't know if I still have it. Oh, I took it out of my pocket. I had a rubber band. We live in a tension. We live in the already in the not yet. We live in the already in the not yet. And you see, God's kingdom has come. It's already here. And yet it's not perfect. It's, it's not, it is perfect in the sense that God's kingdom is perfect, but, but but we don't experience it as perfection here on earth because because the fullness of it hasn't yet come. You see, we're living in the already and the not yet. And and so the question is, what do we do in the meantime? You know that we're, the the scriptures say that we're already saved in Christ, but we're not yet saved. And some of us could get really confused about that. In fact, I've been confused about, how can I be saved and yet not yet saved? The reality is that that you you can become like Jesus Christ, you can begin that journey, but we are not perfected from our human weaknesses until we, until we go to heaven. We can live in the already and the not yet. I, uh, I, I've been married 31 years now to Paula and uh, I still remember our, our, uh, our engagement like it was yesterday. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, more than anything I've ever known, that I wanted to be married to her the rest of my life. And so we, we got engaged. I gave her a ring, and uh, that symbolized, you know, this commitment that we had. It almost felt like we were married, but we were engaged for a year. One, we were flat broke, so we weren't going to eat well if we didn't figure out. So we had to figure that piece out, and it takes a while to get the hole and all those kind of things, right? You know, so a year out, right? But we had made the commitment. We had the symbols of that commitment. It, it felt like we were already married, and yet it, it hadn't been consummated yet. It hadn't been, it hadn't been, been fulfilled yet. And, and so the, the fulfillment, that perfect fulfillment of that engagement was coming later. That's kind of like the kingdom of God. It's already and not yet. When I, was, when I was young, uh, probably 10 or 12, we decided we were going to make maple syrup. Anybody else ever try that? So what we did was we had some maple trees. We had a woods and uh, some sugar maples out there. We took the auger and we drilled these holes in the side of the maple tree. And then we whittled off these, uh, these little plugs, so to speak, these spigots. And you pounded them in. And then we took this surgical hose and put them down to five-gallon buckets down there. And boy, I'll tell you when it got really hot during the day, but then cold at night, the sap would flow. And uh, we could fill almost a five-gallon bucket in one show. I mean, that thing would like really, it's amazing what a tree, how much sap is in there. And, uh, And then we took those... We, we took those buckets and we put it in this big, we used just this big kettle over an open fire. Not the best way to do it, by the way, but it, it, it worked for this time. And we put it in there and we boiled off all the excess. You know what was amazing was we didn't add anything. That sap was already maple syrup. It was just kind of hiding in there. It was, it was already maple syrup, but it wasn't. It, it was, it, it, when we boiled off the excess moisture, guess what? We had maple syrup. I mean, we had perfection. And the kingdom of God is a little like that. Like, in the already, that's where we're at. Like we've started the process. We're already saved and yet we're, we're not yet saved completely, because, because God wants to not only, we're saved as in we're going to heaven, but we're not made yet perfect until we go to heaven, and he will re- remove from us the weaknesses that we have, that we live through in this life. You see, we're already redeemed in Christ, but we're not yet redeemed. We're already adopted in Christ, but we're not yet adopted, it says. We're already sanctified in Christ, but we're not yet fully sanctified. We're already raised with Christ, but we're not yet raised, because we'll be raised perfect. We're in the already, but not yet. So here's the question I have for you. What do we do in the meantime? If, if we're already living in the kingdom of God, but we're not yet, it's, it's, it's not yet fully realized, what do we do in the in-between time? We're living in the tension of this. What do we do right now? Well, I got some great news for you. Jesus told a story to just answer that question. Now, here's what's happening. Jesus is moving. He's on this journey toward Jerusalem, and he's just got. To, he's been teaching a lot of things. He's been teaching about a lot of lost things, like the lost coin and the lost son and the lost sheep. Jesus is really focused on the lost, which is good because all of us who don't know Jesus Christ are lost, and that's all of us at one point in time. We have to say yes to him and so he's teaching about the lost. he comes across this guy named zacchaeus zacchaeus is in a tree zacchaeus is sinful he's like messed up and jesus begins a conversation with him he has a moment with him an event with him a, a time with him where where zacchaeus begins to realize who he is and what he's become and how much he needs a savior and so he he says yes to jesus and 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 i love what jesus says to zacchaeus He says, salvation, today salvation has come to this house. And he says this, he says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And so this parable, this spiritual story that Jesus tells to all the disciples to to help them understand what the kingdom of God is like and what they're to do in the meantime, man, here it is. He's he's laying it out for them. This is what you do in the meantime. And he helps them see the whole story with a filter. You see, the the incident was Zacchaeus and the lost stuff and this these words that he says for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost his purpose in coming from heaven to earth he wants us to use that as our filter for this whole story and it says so while they were listening to this like they're taking all this in like that is the backdrop that's the foundation of this thing it says he went on to tell them a parable because he was near jerusalem and the people thought the kingdom of god was going to appear at once it's amazing how many misconceptions people have about the kingdom of God. I have to admit, I have not, I mean, I've heard about the kingdom of God. I've read about the kingdom of God, but I really like started to dig in. What does it mean? And I used to think it was more about institutions and power, and it's not. It's about God's rule and reign in our hearts, and then allowing that to be shared with other people. God's kingdom reigns in us. Otherwise, you can't really like Where's it at? What, what's it look like? No. And, and the people of God, when, when, when they're around Jesus, they, they think that as he moves toward Jerusalem, which is the center of Jewish life, right? That's, that's where God's uh, temple is. That's, that's where his presence is. They believe when Jesus gets to Jerusalem, the kingdom of God is going to, like, miraculously appear. Like they're going to overthrow the Roman government. The, they're going to win the, they're going to win the, the, the election. They're, they're, whatever it is, they're, like they're going to be in power. That's really what's going on here. And so the people think that. They're thinking the kingdom of God in earthly terms. But the kingdom of God isn't based on the earthly ways. God's ways are always higher than our ways. His thoughts than our thoughts. And so God's kingdom is different. And so they mistakenly think He's going to appear, and uh, they're going to overthrow everything. And he says, no, 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 you're looking at it the wrong way. In fact, the the question is all wrong. It's not when the kingdom of God will come, it's on whom it will come. You see, that's the primary question, not when, but on whom. And, And so he tries to reframe their whole thought. Okay, so the people are seeing this wrong. And, and then he starts into the story, fascinating story. He says, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. The man of noble birth is Jesus. He's telling the story. It, it's really a story about him coming from heaven to earth. He's a man of noble birth. He, he was born into nobility by becoming our king, by being born as a little child. 2,000 years ago. And it says he comes from a distant country. He comes from heaven to earth. Emmanuel, God with us. And he comes to us and it says he has himself appointed king. He's already king. He appoints himself king. Our king. The king of our lives. The only one who is the Messiah. The one who, who has the ability to save us and change us and change this world. And he appoints himself king and, and then to return. And to have himself appointed king and return. So, so like, he leaves. It's significant. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't bring his kingdom to fullness right away, is what it's saying. Like there's going to be a period of time of in-between, of tension, already here and not yet. And so he says this. He says, so he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas. I, I, uh, he says, put this money to work he, until I come back. I used to think there were ten servants and they got ten minas apiece. Mina. Me, nah. It took me a while to figure out how to say that, by the way. Minas, okay? Mina. It's a, it's, it's, it's a sum of money. It's about, the commentators say, about three months of wages. So just imagine what you can make in about three months or whatever. It, it's a significant sum. It's like, just imagine if you didn't have that for three months and you were trying to take care of your family or pay the bills. Like, that's a lot of money. That's what he's trying to get across. This is significant, right? And he called ten of his servants. He didn't give them ten minas apiece. He gave them one mina if you read down through, and he gives them all amina. And it says, put this money to work until I come back. In other words, there's going to be this period of time between already and not yet, and I expect you to do some work. I've got an expectation for your life when you live here. When you allow me to come into your life, I expect you to allow me to sit on the throne of your heart. and to to work in your life, and then to work through you into other people's lives, and I expect a return. I, I want something for what I've given you. It says, but his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Boy, the Jewish leaders did not want Jesus to be king. They didn't want him to rock the status quo they liked how everything was going and there's a lot, it's a lot deeper than that i could spend a lot of time on this but it's interesting king herod the great had three sons he and he gave as an inheritance his kingship now his kingship was subordinate to the roman government and so archelaus one of his sons had to actually go to the roman government and and claim his inheritance and and the jews sent a delegation of 50 people to the roman government and say we don't want him to be our king you know why because Archelaus had killed 3,000 Jews just at one time. Well, who wants him to be their king? What's confusing about this is you say, well, why is Jesus using this current example where they hated him and he didn't deserve to be king? And they, he shouldn't have been made king, but he was. Jesus is helping them see he didn't deserve to be king. But this master who has appointed himself king, he deserves to be king. He's the Messiah. He's perfect. He's complete. He's 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 a God of love, and you should make him king, and don't reject him. And it says, then he sent for his servants who he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. God will have an accounting for all of us. This master is going to have an accounting with these 10 servants. And so the accounting begins. The first one came and said, sir, your mina has earned 10 more. Your mina has earned 10 more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you've been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of 10 cities. Do do you see the progression here? We're all given one mina. All the servants are given one mina. This first servant then makes 10 more with it. And guess what? He's applauded and commended for that, and he's given 10 cities. One mina, 10 mina. Ten cities. Jesus wants us to see that what we do here matters, and what we do here we'll find to our benefit and our blessing later on. The second came and said, Sir, your Mina has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here's your Mina. I've kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. (laughs) Like I took it and I put it in a little handkerchief and I put it on the shelf. I dug a hole for it and, and, and just out of sight, out of mind kind of deal. That, that's what I did. So here's your mina back. He said, I was afraid of you because you were a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and you, do, and you reap what you do not sow. You know, when you, when you read that, by the way, interesting, there were 10 servants, right? You only get the report on three, and it's pretty clear. You can see that they all get a little bit different reward based on that. And I used to think, well, Jesus in this teaching is kind of saying God's a hard man. God's a hard God. He's, he's, kind, of, he's kind of hard. He's, he's mean. He, he, he's unjust. Jesus isn't trying to teach us that at all. We have to be real careful when we read into parables. We can read things into the parables. I think what he's showing here is that that he's saying that 's what the servant felt, and because the servant felt that God was hard because he felt because the servant felt that God was unjust and, and and mean and not for the servant that the servant treated him that way the The reality is, did you know in your life that the way you view God determines how you serve him, and what God is showing you is that if you don 't love. God, if you truly don't love him, that's what you're going to do. You're not going to serve him. You're not going to allow him to reign in your life and then work through you. And and this servant, when he does that, there's a consequence. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I'm a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. What he's saying is that's not who I am but here's the deal because you think of me that way I'm I'm going to allow you to feel the consequence of that. He says, "Why then didn't I put my money on why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back I could have collected it with interest?" Then he said to those standing by, "Take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas." Sir, they said, he already has ten. He replied, I tell you that everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. And then in verse 27, which isn't on the screen, it says, But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Uh, The kingdom of God. We live in the already and not yet. We live in the between times. And what are we to do? What There are two keys that I want us to get from this story that Jesus teaches about the kingdom of God. You and I all have the opportunity to do the will of God. Did you know that? We all have the same opportunity to do God's will. Now, maybe you've heard the parable of the talents. The parable of the talents is they all get different amounts of talents of 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 money and they're to use it and so we don't all get the same resources is what that parable teaches and we're to use whatever God's given us for 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 good for his kingdom to do his work and 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 to advance the gospel and that's the parable of the talents but the parable of the minas is different there are 10 servants they all get the same amount they all get one mina and you know what that mina is I'll tell you what that mean it represents. Everyone gets the same deposit and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus is talking about here. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the good news that Jesus came to save us from our sins. And our reward is based on how faithful we are in sharing the word of God so that it multiplies. See, that's what God cares about in this in-between time. He came to seek and to save the lost. And his purpose is to be lived out in our life. And sometimes we think, well, God, you're a hard God. I'm not sure why you call us to do this. I'm not sure why we have to live in these times. Why does there have to be an in-between time? You know, I, 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 I came to a point in my life where I had to decide, do I really trust God and do I really love him or do I just fear him? Do, do, I, do I just put up With God because I want to go to heaven. And I remember that the moment that I came to the decision that God really was for me. Have you ever come to that place where you've realized that God is for you, that He really wants your best, that He's on your side, that He has great plans for you? I'll tell you what, it all of a sudden changed my view of who God was and how I ought to serve Him and why I wanted to serve Him before. All the rules and the boundaries that he put in place, I'm like, oh, God, you're a heart God. Why would you do that? Why are you making me do this? Why, won't it, why can't I do that? And I began to discover that the reason God put boundaries in place and, the things, and, and, and there, that he called me to do certain things was because he loved me with an unbounded love. And when there were boundaries in place, it's because he wanted to be, protect me from those things. When there were things he called me to do in my life, it was because he wanted to grow me and develop me and build me and deposit into me and when i began to see god that way all of a sudden the rules were okay i began to see the boundaries for what they really were you know the only time and well i'll say the only time but the greatest hurts in my life have come when i've broken the boundaries of god the greatest disappointments in life have been when i haven't done what god has called me to do and and i'll just tell you if if you and i don't come to the place where we say you know what god you're not a hard god you're a god of love yes You're a God who keeps his justice. You're a just God. And so if we sin, consequences are going to come into our life. And and, and those things are going to happen. But you're a merciful God too. You died on the cross to pay the price for that. And you want my best. Until you come to the place where you realize that God is for you, you will be the servant who takes your mina, puts it in a cloth, Wraps it up and takes it out of you, so so it doesn't have to bother you, (laughs) so it doesn't have to bother your conscience, so you don't have to do anything. And, And that's where this is at. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like is like yeast. Yeast, you put it in bread, and guess what it does? It like blows up, like you've seen it. It raises, and man, bread especially that Amish friendship bed. I mentioned it before. It's on my mind. I, <laughs> I like Amish friendship. It's so good. There's a lot of sugar in there, and it's just really good. And you can, you can keep feeding that, that dough because of the yeast in there. It will keep growing, and you can keep baking bread. And do you know you can take a part of that dough and you can share it with your friends? Like you can share it with other people, and they can feed it, and all of a sudden it will grow for them, and they can bake bread, and they can have Amish bread. <laughs> That's what the kingdom of God, Jesus says, is all about is that you let the yeast, you let the deposit of the gospel, the good news about who Jesus is, that he came to seek and to save the lost. Just what he did in Zacchaeus' life, he wants to do in your life. When when you allow that in your life, when you allow him to come in your life, to sit on the throne of your heart, you've allowed the kingdom of God to come in. And when you do that, the yeast has made bread and then God calls you. To take what he's given you and and to take a scoop shovel and share it with the world. When I was a kid, we used to shovel snow, and I had this little shovel, and uh, boy, you couldn't move much snow with that. But then we had this grain shovel. It was fun to shovel with that because, like, you could do three, four times the work of that little shovel. I really believe that God is calling you to throw away your little shovel, and he's calling you to get the grain shovel. And with the um, Measure you've received God's grace in your life, with the measure you've received His mercy in your life, you're to scoop it to the rest of the world. That is what this story is all about. He's given you all the same deposit the gift of knowing Jesus, the gift of being forgiven, to having your life changed, being renewed, reclaimed from the the scrap heap. That's the deposit He's put in you, and now if you stop there you've missed all that god wants to do you've missed what god wants to do in your life i want to share a second thought from this passage that i i really believe is the the thing that god wants us to understand what we do in the already here what we do in the already determines what will happen in the not yet you see we're living in this land between this time in between when Jesus came to earth and when he died on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. And we're living in this time where the kingdom of God is living in us, but it's not yet fully realized. And what we do now determines what's going to happen later. You see, we live in a dot, 70, 80, 90 years, but we're living for the line. The line stretches for eternity. And what we do in the dot determines what happens in the line. (laughs) It determines what happens in the line. You see, the one who didn't do anything with his mina, it got taken away. Can, can you imagine? The, the one who, who hid what God had done in his life, even what he had, was taken away. But what Jesus is saying is that each man's reward is according to his faithfulness and his focus on doing the king's business while he is away, while he's in heaven now he's given us his holy spirit we're not totally alone in this in this journey right he's given us the gift of his holy spirit but what you do now determines what will happen later what will happen in heaven and so there's a common thread in all three of these accounts the first is one mina he earns 10 minas and he's given charge of 10 cities I, have you ever, when you were a kid, like you shine a flashlight and, and on your hand, maybe you're doing these hand things on the, on the garage, you know, you, you shine it, and your hand's not very big, but boy, when that light flashes over the garage, like it just blows up, that's really the reward that God wants to give us. He wants to take the small things that we do here in this life, and He wants to expand it. And, and you see, what God is going to do is He's going to use your faithfulness here to reward you in heaven. Now, I I don't understand all the things about heaven. I don't understand what the rewards all are. Some people really, like, they shy away from reward. They say, well, I'm not doing it based on reward. I'm just doing it because it's the right thing. I think we all do things based on reward. We don't always realize it, but God has created the world to work that way. So, hey, it's okay. But see, God has a reward for you, and it's amazing that in heaven, you and I aren't going to be cloud surfing. Did you know that? We're not going to be cloud surfing. Now, we all see pictures of heaven. The guy's sitting there, you know, got his halo going on and he's on the cloud. I want you to know, I don't think that could be further from the truth about what you're going to be doing in heaven. You see, when I, when I, when I look at what the scriptures say, it says in Revelations that the earth will be destroyed. Now, it doesn't necessarily, if you look at that, I believe it's going to be remade. In other words, restored. And it says heaven is going to join with earth. Heaven is going to join with earth. You see, God is about his business of reclaiming his people. And it's about, he's about his business of reclaiming his creation, all of it. God's not going to scrap any of it. He's not going to let you on the scrap heap. If you will allow him to be king of your life, he will come in and remake you, and you don't have to be on the scrap heap. And all heaven and earth are going to join together and god says we're going to reign with him for eternity it doesn't say we're going to sit on clouds for eternity god has a plan for your life and what you do here determines your reward your responsibility in heaven you're going to go from one mina to ten mina if you're faithful or five mina that he was faithful as well he may i I don't know if he wasn't as faithful It, it, it appears that they all had the same opportunity God doesn't say, well, Andy, you're a preacher, so you can preach to more, so you get 10. It doesn't say that. You can be just as faithful where you stand as where I stand. We are faithful to what God has put, the deposit that he's put in us, and the place he's given us. And they're all the same. So what are you doing with your mina? And and he says, your 10 minas are going to transfer into 10 cities. You see, you're going to reign with God for all eternity, and you're going to be helping God reign and rule in this renewed heaven and renewed earth. Th- that's what he says. And, and so this microcosm of the kingdom of God, this, this thin veil that hides, you know, the, the, this sort of, uh, what do you want to call it? Almost just a, a faint glimpse of what the kingdom of God is going to be like when we actually get to heaven, this renewed heaven and renewed earth. Uh, when we get there, you have going to have great responsibility. And some people say, I don't want responsibility in heaven. Like I've been managing people and they're pretty rough. <laughs> um, you know, some of you run into me on the, like when I'm driving down the road and I realize I'm not the best driver. A few of you have come upon me and I've not been driving probably the way I should. And I'm not speeding. I'm just, sometimes I, I don't pay attention. And, and I can tell you're mad at me until you see it's past Randy. <laughs> I frustrate the Dickens out of some of you guys. I really do. That's what happens in this world. You sometimes frustrate me. No, we all frustrate each other. That's what happens. We have human nature. We're not at our best here. Even if we're following God with all our heart, we can frustrate each other. And we think, I don't want more responsibility in heaven. I want to lay on the the, the zero gravity chair. I don't want any. That's because we live in frustration here. And it doesn't go perfectly. And there are problems and their frustrations with people. But in heaven, we're gonna be perfected. And so in the already, it's not perfect. There are weeds among the seeds. You and I are imperfect, even as we try to follow Christ with all our hearts, we still have these human weaknesses. But in heaven, that's all taken away and we can't wait for the not yet because we are then perfected. And the fullness of everything that God has already given us now becomes clear. And you're you're gonna be so overwhelmed in a positive way, excited about what God does in you in heaven because he's going to use you. You're going to have a purpose and you're going to work, but the work is not going to be kind of the work that we experience here. It's going to be, it's going to be a fulfillment. Think of the greatest project you've done or the greatest thing you've done and how, how good it felt when it came off really well. Now magnify that tenfold. I did a a funeral this week. Um, Pat Heslip died uh, she was one of our greeters out here. She started coming with Chuck uh, 26 years ago when the, the, the Valley started, when we were Upper Valley Community Church. A long story about how they came, but uh, it's because somebody worked in their life. And so they came to the Valley Church. And uh, I, when I was doing her, her funeral, I was talking to family and I knew her, but I found out she had two favorite songs. One was In the Garden and another one is Will the Circle... Be unbroken, and uh, you know every Tuesday night they would have a a, they called the hillbilly hoedown at the at at their at Chuck's shop. He was a welder, and they would cornbread and beans, and and everybody just come and they would pick and jive. You know it was all bluegrass. It was so fun. We played that. We played in the garden at the funeral, but that other song just kept ringing in my head. Will the circle be unbroken? And in a sense, I think that's the message Jesus is trying to say to all of us. The kingdom of God is about my rule and reign in your heart. And will you reject me? Or will you accept me? And will you allow me to sit on the throne of your heart? And and when I rise in you, just like yeast, will you now share me with the world? Because Because I came to seek and to save the lost. That's what I'm about. That's what the kingdom of God is about. And if you want to be like me, you're going to be about that. And you're going to push everything else aside. And you're going to give up your fear. And you're going to say, you know what? It doesn't matter, God. Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do. You are king of my life. And I'm going to take this mina, this deposit of the good news. I'm going to take this deposit you put in me and I'm going to, I'm going to share it like friendship bread all over the place, so that the circle will be unbroken. Would you begin to pray with me that the circle would be unbroken? Would you pray with me that God's kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth as it already is in heaven? And would you pray it's done through you? Would you pray God would use you to do that? There are people in your family, I would hate to see heaven without them. There are people in your neighborhoods, you don't even know yet, Jesus would hate to see heaven without them. And one of the greatest prayers you can pray is to pray for your family, is to pray for your friends, is to pray for your neighbors, is to pray for your world and say, God, don't let the circle be broken. May the the throne, may the circle around the throne in heaven be unbroken with my family, with my friends, with our neighbors, with the people in this world. That is what this gospel is all about. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. And that's what God expects you to do in this time, is to receive him as king, is to allow the used to rise, to, to be changed for all that he wants to do, and then begin to share what he's done in your life and other people's lives so that there are baptism stories like that that just spread like wildfire. See, the kingdom of God is within you. So stop worrying about the noise in the world. Stop worrying about trying to fix it all out here and start to help people fix it in here. God will do it. All you have to do is cooperate with his grace, and then he will change the world. And the kingdom of God... yeah. The kingdom of God will not only impact this world, but people will be unbroken around the throne and we will rule and reign with Jesus forever. That, that's his plan. So the question I have today for all of you is what are you doing with your mina? <laughs> what are you doing with your mina? With that gift of grace and mercy that God's put in your heart that he's used to change you and give you a hope in a future. What are you doing with your meaning and while it's today, while you still have the opportunity to impact people's lives. It is, is the circle unbroken because of you, because of what you're doing? And, ha- and are you building an inheritance in heaven that's going to be worth picking up? Because <laughs> God says we're going to rule and reign with him. It's what he says. Let's pray. Father, I, I just, I thank you I thank you that you are the God who have sent your son Jesus to be with us, that you've come to be king and you have appointed him king of the universe, that you're the creator that died on the cross so that we could have eternal life, that we could be forgiven, that you would reclaim us from the scrap heap and, and we're so grateful. Jesus, thank you that you've remade me. Thank you that you've forgiven me. Thank you that you've taken the weight of the guilt and the shame I've experienced in my life for me. Thank you that you've given me a home in heaven, even as you've given me a home here with your kingdom inside me. Jesus, would you help me to be obedient with what you've given me? Would you help me not to fear what I can't do and only be obedient and trust you with what I can do with this deposit that you've put inside of me? Would you help me to share it and to work it in people's lives? Would you help me to come out of my comfort zone? Would you help me to serve? Would you help me to get... In, in places where I can share the bread of what you've done in my life. I can share that friendship bread. Would you, would you help me, Jesus, to, to make sure that the circles are broken, that I can rejoice with my, my children, and my grandchildren, w- with my friends, with my family, with my neighbors, with that person down the street that I don't even know, and yet my heart's going to be broken in heaven if they're not there. Lord, Lord, would you help me to see that? Would you open my eyes? And would you help me to make sure that the kingdom of God advances? That the world would be changed and that so would heaven. Lord, this is what we ask. We ask it for all of us. Help us, Lord, to to have the courage to take the step you want us to take, to to join that life group, to join that ladies' Bible study, to to serve wherever it might be, to, to, to invest and invite the people in our neighborhoods and our families to to come and worship and to experience who you are. Would you help us, Father, not to just be complacent, to take what you have given us, to wrap it in the cloth and put it away and say, well, I'm good. Father, would you break that in us? Would you break that in us and would you help us to see the consequence of that so that we can worship you and glorify you because you alone are worthy and we'll give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. man! you guys are the kingdom of God. Did you realize that? It's in you. So go take the kingdom of God to the world because it needs you. God bless you. Go and have a great week. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected to all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend. Because change lives change lives.